Section 21 of Poems of American History, The Colonial Era. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Larry Wilson. Poems of American History, The Colonial Era. Chapter 5. The Settlement of New England. Part 5. In the four years that followed, the worst hardships of the new plantation were outlived, and between three and four thousand Englishmen were distributed among the twenty hamlets along and near the seashore. The fight for a foothold had been won. New England's Growth From a Fragmentary Poem on New England Famine once we had but other things God gave us in full store, as fish and groundnuts to supply our strait, that we might learn on providence to wait. And no, by bread man lives not in his need, but by each word that doth from God proceed. But a while after plenty did come in, from his hand only who doth pardon sin, and all did flourish like the pleasant green, which in the joyful spring is to be seen. Almost ten years we lived here alone. In other places there were few or none. For Salem was the next of any fame that began to augment New England's name. But after multitudes began to flow, more than well knew themselves where to bestow. Boston then began her roots to spread, and quickly soon she grew to be the head not only of the massachusetts bay but all trade and commerce fell in her way and truly it was admirable to know how greatly all things here began to grow new plantations were in each place begun and with inhabitants were filled soon all sorts of grain which our own land doth yield was hither brought and sown in every field as wheat and rye barley oats beans and peas here all thrive, and they profit from them raise. All sorts of roots and herbs in gardens grow, Parsnips, carrots, turnips, or what you'll sow, Onions, melons, cucumbers, radishes, Skirrets, beets, colworts, and fair cabbages. Here grow fine flowers many, And amongst those the fair white lily And sweet fragrant rose. Many good wholesome berries here you'll find, fit for man's use almost of every kind pears apples cherries plums quinces and peach and now no dainties you may have of each nuts and grapes of several sorts are here and if you will take the pains them to seek for william bradford there remained but one danger the indians and most feared of all were the pequots who dwelt just west of what is now rhode island and in sixteen thirty seven began open hostilities a force of about a hundred men marched against the principal pequot stronghold a palisaded village which stood on a hilltop near the mystic the attack was made on the night of may twenty fifth sixteen thirty seven the indians were taken by surprise their thatched houses were set on fire and of the six or seven hundred persons in the village, scarcely one escaped. The Assault on the Fortress From 
the destruction of the Pequods. May twenty fifth, sixteen thirty seven. Through verdant banks where Thames branches glide, long held the Pequods an extensive sway, bold, savage, fierce of arms and glorious pride, and bidding all the circling realms obey. Jealous, they saw the tribes beyond the sea plant in their climes, and towns and cities rise, ascending castles, foreign flags display, mysterious art, new scenes of life devise, and steeds insult the plains, and cannon rend the skies. The rising clouds the savage chief described, and round the forest bade his heroes arm. To arms the painted warriors proudly hide, and through surrounding nations rung the alarm the nations heard but smiled to see the storm with ruin fraught or pequod mountains driven and felt infernal joy the bosom warm to see the light hang o'er the skirts of even and other suns arise to gild a kinder heaven swift to the pequod fortress mason sped far in the wildering woods impervious gloom a lonely castle, brown with twilight dread, where oft the emboweled captive met his doom, and frequent heaved around the hollow tomb, scalps hung in rows, and withering bones were strewed, where round the broiling babe, fresh from the womb, with howls of the powwow filled the dark abode, and screams and midnight prayers invoked the evil god. But now no awful rites nor potent spell to silence charm the peals of coming war are told the dread recesses of the dell where glowing mason head led his bands from afar no spirit buoyant on his airy car controlled the whirlwind of invading fight deep dyed in blood dun evening's falling star sit sad o'er western hills its parting light and no returning morn dispersed the long dark night on the drear walls a sudden splendor glowed there mason shone and there his veterans poured anew the hero claimed the fiends of blood while answering storms of arrows round him showered and the war scream the ear with anguish gored alone he burst the gate the forest round re-echoed death the peal of onset roared in rushed the squadrons earth in blood was drowned and gloomy spirits fled and courses hid the ground not long in dubious flight the host had striven when kindled by the musket's potent flame in clouds and fire the castle rose to heaven and gloomed the world with melancholy beam then hoarser groans with deeper anguish came and fiercer fight the keen assault repelled nor e'en these ills the savage breast could tame like hell's deep caves the hideous region yelled till death and sweeping fire laid waste the hostile field timothy dwight sassicus the pequod chief escaped and sought refuge with the mohawks but was slain by them death song sixteen seventy three great sassicus fled from the eastern shores where the sun first shines and the great sea roars for the white men came from the world afar and their fury burnt like the bison star 
his sanops were slain by their thunder's power and his children fell like the star-eyed flower his wigwams were burnt by the white man's flame and the home of his youth has a stranger name his ancestors once was our countryman's foe and the arrow was placed in the new-strung bow the wild deer ranged through the forest free while we fought with his tribe by the distant sea but the foe never came to the mohawk's tent with his hair untied and his bow unbent and found not the blood of the wild deer shed and the calumet lit and the bearskin bed but sing ye the death song and kindle the pine and bid its broad light like his valor to shine then raise high his pile by our warriors heaps and tell to his tribe that his murderer sleeps alonzo lewis our country on primal rock she wrote her name her towers were reared on holy graves the golden seed that bore her came swift winged with prayer o'er ocean waves the forest bowed his solemn crest and open flung his sylvan doors meek rivers led the appointed guest to clasp the wide embracing shores till fold by fold the broidered land to swell her virgin vestments grew while sages strong in heart and hand her virtue's fiery girdle drew o exile of the wrath of kings o pilgrim ark of liberty the refuge of divinest things their record must abide in thee first in the glories of thy front let the crown-jeweled truth be found thy right hand fling with generous want love's unhappy chain to farthest bound let justice with the faultless scales hold fast the worship of thy sons thy commerce spread her shining sails where no dark tide of rapine runs so link thy ways to those of god so follow firm the heavenly laws that stars may greet thee warrior browed and storm-sped angels hail thy cause o lord the measure of our prayers hope of the world in grief and wrong be thine the tribute of the years the gift of faith the crown of song julia ward howe end of section twenty one